0: The Victory Formation podcast is brought to you by Pilgrim Roasters. Pilgrim Roasters is a roastery and coffee shop located at 4120 Main Street in Manayunk, Philadelphia. Pilgrim Roasters specializes in unique coffees from all over the world, brought specially to you in-store and online at www.pilgrimroasters.com. Take 10% off your first order with Pilgrim Roasters when typing in promo code GOODSOUP10 at checkout. And figure out what all the buzz is about you know something mm. no soup for you come back one year
1: Yeah, we both have so much in common
2: we both love soup soup's not a meal
0: you're supposed to buy me a meal i'm not
1: stopping you from eating go ahead and eat get anything you want that's a lot of soup that's a lot of soup it looks delicious
0: What is up, everybody? It is Friday, February 25th, and Aaron Rodgers saga continues, brother.
2: Uh, how do I? What am I supposed to feel like right now? It's just the constant roller coaster. We talked about this a few episodes ago, dude. It's up and down, like so cryptic. God, like when he accepted the MVP award, I was like, ah, shit, he's probably leaving. Now I'm like, oh shit, he's probably leaving. But they're hiring his old coach. He, he says on the Pat McAfee show that hey, the season couldn't have ended better with the, you know, final interviews he had with Guten Kuntz and Matt LaFleur. Like so many mixed signals, dude.
0: Yeah. And then the news came out today that the Packers were like, um, you know, hey we can't really do anything until you figure out what you're doing so you're they they've more or less said that he's holding them hostage without saying that which is true they can't make any of the moves they need to make until this is done um i want to hit on the instagram post first what the fuck was that dude like i know and we'll get into the mcafee interview i can't stand pat mcafee It's a fine interview with Rodgers. It's just let me blow Aaron Rodgers for 40 minutes, which if you're him, you kind of have to do. It makes sense. But beside the point, what did you make of the Instagram
2: post? So obviously the picture that stands out to me, like the quote, like I I read it, like the quote to me, like, I don't know, it was like gratitude, some shit. Like, I, I don't know. The quote was a throwout. The picture that pissed me off the most was the Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. So that was the game that he was out I think because he had covid.
0: Yes, so it was he he clarified yeah. that. That was the game he was out and they sent him that picture and he said he cried.
2: Yeah, right, right, but like he has to know when he's posting that that it that it's going to look like those two guys are still on the team and he's gone. Yes, right? Like that's yes. obvious. A, a guy as smart as him like he knows that.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, it was all weird all the way around. He referred to Shailene Woodley, who him and her have broken up now, I think. I think they've broken off their engagement. I have no idea. That's insane to follow. And, like, he also said he's coming off a cleanse. I think it was a – I have to look out how to say this. A pancha – a pancha karma cleanse. Sure, why not? Which – Essentially means he ate liquids and shit his brains out for five days and stuck like butter up his nose. It's a very weird thing. I'm not going to comment on it. It's from India. It's tied to Buddhism, whatever. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers teaching me about Buddhism is exactly what I'm looking for in my sports week roundup. But here we are. He's an insane person. He's absolutely unhinged. And if I'm the Packers, yeah, you want to keep him. If I'm another team, I'm not touching him with a 10 foot pole, man. I don't want anything. I don't want him in my locker room. I don't care how good he is. At this point, he's shown that he cannot win a big game. And he's a cancer. Like, who wants to deal with all this bullshit, man? It's it's insanity.
2: Bro, the cleanse?
0: (laughs) What the fuck is he doing? Like, what the fuck is he doing for real? Like, why? And I get it. Everyone has their own thing. And maybe he has found enlightenment in Buddhism and that has helped him become a better person. But he's not a better person, so I don't really know where all of this is going and why he's doing it. It feels like he wants to be Jim Morrison without any of the talent. So I I don't know what the hell he's doing. That was the weirdest, most cryptic Instagram post. He basically said, like, thanks for everything. I'm out, but at the same time, like, I love my teammates, and I'm coming back. I have no idea what to make of it.
2: Yeah, dude. I mean... I don't know if – team. I mean, there's definitely teams out there that would trade for him. I think the Packers' price is probably – I hope it's high. If they're going to trade him, I hope they get, I don't know, two first-round picks at least. But, like, are teams going to be willing to give that up for a late 30-year-old quarterback?
0: I I don't know. There's an argument to be made both ways. I mean, for talent, and if you have a team close to winning a Super Bowl, sure, why not? But it's the same argument people make with LeBron. It's like, well, Rodgers is going to go to your team and probably ruin your team's future and at the same time destroy the locker room chemistry you have. And it's going to take a certain type of head coach to bring him in and make it work. I think Denver's like the only situation I can see where he could go there and succeed. Otherwise, like I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants him on the 49ers. Dude, do they want I to mess like up everything they have going. You
2: just hate Aaron Rodgers. That's that's like number I do. one here. I really but, well, hate it. It. It seems like his teammates like him. Like, he seems like a good locker room guy. How?
0: How? He's sticking butter up his asshole and, like, well, he, drinking all these juices. He's talking about all of them on the Pat McAfee show every week. Like, I don't know how you could be just a guy in that locker room and be like, I want to hang out and have a beer with that guy. He's unhinged.
2: Well, we saw him try to chug beer. He he, he, he couldn't do it. Yeah. So, he, he, he's more of a scotch guy. But... I don't know dude i think when, when you're as t- i think he's cool he has that cali vibe like bro i don't know like this pancha karma thing the pk as he called it on the mcafee show outrageous dude, this makes me this makes me love him so much more bro i love it i want to try it i'm fucking not going to though but just because he did it bro oh my god I me. Mean, i i try to do yoga every day but i'm not doing yoga while i'm shitting my brains out and vomiting everywhere Like what?
0: He reminds me of the girl that moves in with you and then brings like 800 crystals claiming they help you astral project and change your energy while also getting you into like zodiac signs and astrology. Like he is certifiably 10 out of 10 insane. At the same time, a football standpoint, he's a 10 out of 10 hotness. Like he's going to go, he just won the MVP. He's going to win you some games. It comes down to, he hasn't won anything in over 10 years now or about 10 years. So they lost that playoff game, and you could blame the special teams, but I'll put equal blame on him because he missed a ton of throws, and for them to go out and score 10 points is embarrassing for him. I don't care what the weather is. So yeah, there's a lot of question marks with him on the field, less than off the field, and at this point, like, if he's going to go on and talk about the Packers every week on the fucking Pat McAfee show, like, what are we doing? I, I'm just, I'm at a loss with him. And, you know, I'm biased. I really don't like him. Uh, he's on my rival team. He's like my least favorite athlete. As to quote Barstool Big Cat, he belongs in jail and prison at the same time. Uh, I fucking hate him. And all of this stuff just makes him infinitely less likable to the people that don't like him already.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, well, and fun fact, he he actually did have a girlfriend that brought in the crystals to help him astral project. That was Danica Patrick. Yeah, I know. Um, so but that definitely, that might've rubbed off on him.
0: Uh, I clearly did. <laughs> he's drinking smoothies that make him shit and sticking sticks of butter up his nose and ass. Like, I, I don't know, man. It, listen to each their own, whatever finds you inner peace, but it doesn't seem to be bringing him much inner peace. If I'm being honest,
2: like he just needs to make a decision. Like even like, as a Packers fan, dude, I just want to know, like stop dragging me through the fucking mud. Like this yeah. is just pissing me off. Um, I think he'll probably come back. Where's better? Like he- what's a
0: better situation for him than what they have in green Bay. I mean, I know we've hit on the cap situation who they can and can't bring back, but even if they just managed to bring Adams back and maybe they trade Aaron Jones to clear cap space and bring, you know, Preston Smith back, they're, they're almost definitely going to cut Zedarius for cap, but
2: what better situation is there than that? I don't know. I mean, people throw out the, the Broncos, so players and picks. Like, I'm looking at a Bleacher Report article but right now. If
0: you're going to the Broncos, you're playing in a division with three playoff-caliber teams, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Chiefs. Two of those sense. teams, you could argue, are like Super Bowl contenders in the Chargers and Chiefs if the Chargers figure their defense out. If you play in the NFC, or, yeah, NFC North, who are you competing against? Like, I love the Vikings we're not in a place to contend the lions and the bears are definitely not in a place to contend like how is that a better situation with uh, kind of the same roster bill
2: yeah so the second offer on here I, I agree with what you said doesn't make sense the miami dolphins does that eh, mean, it, it, that's it, not better because ha- you got to play play the bills you got to go through the fucking afc which we talked about it on every fucking episode yeah and the roster's so not quarterbacks as good. yeah
0: the roster's just not as good
2: oh shit dude bleacher report has offer number three the philadelphia eagles
0: well that's a great segue because the eagles appear there's rumblings they're going to go after russell wilson I think that'd be a good move for them. I've been on the ledge saying they need a quarterback, and we'll get into it with our take it or leave it NFL QB edition later in this podcast. We'll, we'll get some talk about Jalen Hurts, but he's not the answer. So that, that could be a good move for them. They're not going to get Rodgers. And again, why would Rodgers want to go to the Eagles over the Packers? Their the roster is not nearly as good.
2: Yeah, I guess like the Cowboys are really like the, like the NFC beast is like so bad. In my I'd opinion. rather have
0: Dak. I know that sounds crazy, but like what they have going with Dak, I, I don't think it's Dak's fault. I think he's younger. He's a great quarterback. He's locked into a long term deal. There's a gap between him and Aaron talent wise for sure. But Dak, in my opinion, is is probably a better leader on the field. His teammates love him. I wouldn't mess that up and bring Aaron into a situation with Zeke in a locker room. Can you imagine that?
2: And I mean, Dallas's defense is phew, legit. Elite. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, dude, but it looks like if they trade him, like all of these scenarios on Bleacher Report have like five or four picks, three first-round picks in like all of them. So, I mean. Yeah, but I, I, if, like, if you're you know. getting
0: Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be drafting 20 to 32. And, I mean, I'm not the first person to say this. I actually heard Ryan Rossillo and Colin Cowherd on a podcast talk about this, but those picks aren't that valuable like they were talk Coward was talking about it with the Eagles like yeah if you have to give up three first round picks this year or you know two first this year and one next year and one the why not like you're getting Russ you're going to compete and odds are one of those picks might work out but most of them aren't that's a guy who's an all-pro you know it's it's a little different
2: yeah and then the packers would be left with Jordan Love which I'm a fan of Jay love. I want to see what he can do in a real game with practice and offseason time. But I think if, if Rogers leaves, the locker room is going to be destroyed.
0: Yeah. I mean the team, if, if Rogers leaves, they're probably going to rebuild that, that would be my guess. Cause they don't have any cap space.
2: God, that's going to be brutal. Unless Wherever they he,
0: made a deal yeah. to get a good veteran. I don't know.
2: If he leaves, uh, yeah, I, I want him to lose every single game. Um, I'm just going to say I'm not going to root for him like Patriots fans rooted for Tom Brady. I will not be rooting for him. going to say that right now. So, I don't know, dude. It, I, I just want him to make a decision. Like, he said it might be soon. There's reports that it might be – but, like, I don't know. He, he should probably do it before the draft, obviously. When's that? In April?
0: Yeah, new league year starts – first week in March he should definitely consider doing it before the new league year starts so they can make decisions on players but knowing Aaron Rodgers he's gonna do whatever the fuck he wants to do so I have no idea when
2: he's gonna make the choice that'd be a great fuck you as like the troll that he is just like string the Packers out as long as possible so all the other free agents sign like they're going to, like, have to franchise tag Devontae. Then he leaves, and the Packers are just fucked. Oh, my God. That'd be, like, savage mode level a million. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know, dude. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Fucking- um, I mean, we said we're going to do this all off season. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? And he gave us an absolute fireworks show this weekend or this week, excuse me. So, wild. Um, moving off of Aaron Rodgers in the mm-hmm. NFL – hit on some NBA roundup content. Um, The one thing I want to lead with is the Zion Williamson situation. So reports came out this week that CJ McCollum called him when he was traded to get Zion's thoughts and talk to him. And Zion did not pick up the call and did not call him back. What makes that really interesting is CJ McCollum, isn't just another player. He is the head of the players association. He's a highly respected guy and a highly beloved guy within the NBA. Now, since that happened, CJ got interviewed today at practice and told everyone to leave the young fellow alone. He said he has since spoken to Zion and urged people to let him recover and that it's really difficult being disconnected from injuries, especially foot injuries, which have no timetables. CJ is very familiar with that. All of it seems really weird to me. And the main takeaway and the biggest thing I had is the Pelicans sent out an email to their season ticket holders. At the lead of that email, this is what it said. Led by new head coach Willie Green and players Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, and CJ McCollum, the Pelicans are building something special across the street from the Caesars Superdome. And with their best-ever season ticket package now on sale, there's never been a better time to lock in, blah, blah, blah. The huge thing about that is they don't mention Zion. And I get that if it was for this year. But this is a ticket package for next season, and Zion has not been mentioned. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? It seems really weird to me, man. I mean, when
2: he came out of Duke, like, call me fucking crazy, Eric, and I know this is going to sound wild. I kind of thought he was going to be a little bit of a bust. All the hype, I didn't think he could live up to it. I thought he was going to be too heavy. I, I thought there's no way that someone that that's that heavy can jump that high and not have injuries. Yeah. We're seeing it play out right now. I, I think he's just—he's obviously going to request to leave. Like he's not staying there. That's obvious. Um, dude, it's tough, especially for the Pelicans. Like, like you 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 look at the War Room when they drafted him; they were so hyped. They were so hype. Like, how many games has he even played? Like, he hasn't played at all this 82 season.
0: Eighty-two total in his career, three seasons.
2: Ugh, dude, I, I think he's leaving. I think it's pretty obvious. I think the Pelicans know it. If they're not putting the former number one overall pick, literally the most hype around a player since LeBron, maybe is that accurate?
0: Yes, I I'd so, say that's accurate.
2: Like, like how are maybe, you? Not maybe
0: gonna Wiggins in high school, but like, probably not even.
2: I mean, Zion in high school, like yeah. I was watching those videos of him doing windmill dunks at his Christian school. When he was a like, sophomore. Everyone saw that. He, yeah. he had so much hype. Since yeah. Like, how are you not going to include that guy on your email to season ticket holders? It doesn't It's make sense. very
0: telling. And like, listen, I had a take on our third podcast that he would never play for the Pelicans again. And I, I really stand by that. I don't think he's ever going to play for New Orleans again. The question is, if you're another team, what are you giving up for Zion at this point? Like, yeah, the talent's there. Yeah, he's electric when he plays, but what if he gets traded to a team that isn't the New York Knicks where he clearly wants to play? What if he gets traded to like Sacramento? Is he just going to do this all over again? Is this really an injury? I mean, I'm going to assume, yes, he's actually injured, but there's an outside chance that he's just not and he doesn't want to play and the Pelicans don't want that to get out. I have no idea at this point Every GM in the league wanted to draft Zion when he came out. That was unquestioned. Anyone with knowledge of the league knew that. Every GM said they would have taken Zion. I was in the camp where I I didn't say full out take John Morant, but I was like, it should be considered, because I watched him play in the NCAA tournament, and I was like, this guy's also really special in a different way, but he has different qualities than Zion. But in college, Zion got hurt with the Nike shoe incident, and then he came back and played because he loved basketball. I don't know what happened between now and then, but he clearly doesn't love basketball enough to be on the court for New Orleans or he's really, really hurt. And I think either of those scenarios are equally dangerous for team trading for him at this point.
2: The, the flip side to that too is what are the Pelicans going to accept right? Like, like yeah. how, how many first round picks do you want for him? How many do like what even, players do you take? Yeah. Like, what do you want for
0: him? Because we're seeing this thing where, you know, if a good team trades for Zion and gets it, which is probably the most likely scenario, I'd say he doesn't, he won't want to go to another bad small market team. What are those picks even worth any pick past like eight in the NBA draft? How many of those guys actually work out? Like, go, go ahead and go back and read picks 15 through 32 of the last five drafts. Are there two guys that are starters? Are there even five guys that are rotational players? Like, none of these guys end up making it. You can draft some random dude from Lithuania who never comes over and plays, and that's what you're getting for Zion. I think they're going to want a tangible asset for him. And I don't know what that asset looks like. Like, could it be a Bradley Beal? Could it be a Damian Lillard? I don't know. But at the end of the day, like those markets aren't more enticing to Zion than New Orleans, and he's going to be looking for the rookie extension at the end of the year, and I don't think he's going to get it with how many games he's actually played. So it's a crazy situation.
2: Dude, I agree. So entertain me a little bit, Eric. Is there a chance that he's just one of the biggest busts ever?
0: Well, it depends how we define – busts like yeah, greg odin is yeah. a bust because of injury right yep yeah so could he be that level yeah is he gonna be michael kidd Gilchrist? no because he has talent you know
2: i i don't know yeah and i mean I, I know that he has like what like the best like per 36 numbers ever yes or like per, like 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 his advanced stats are out of this world he can block crazy shots but Like, the best ability is availability, and if he's always hurt and he's not playing – like, listen, I know Zion is really, really good, but if he's not on the court, whether he's holding out or because he's injured, like, dude, like, the hype was too much.
0: I don't even know if it's the hype's too much. We all knew this was going to be an issue. I just don't know what even to make of it because, like – he doesn't really seem like he wants to play in new Orleans either. And is he going to go to a new team? Like we just saw this with Ben Simmons in a different way. Ben didn't want to play for the Sixers. Now he's in Brooklyn and he's going to be fine. He's going to play. Is that going to change the fact that he can't shoot? Is that going to change the fact that he can't score? Like if Zion goes to a new team, is that going to change the fact that he gets hurt? I mean, Anthony Davis is a great example of this right now. We're like, I don't know if I'd want Anthony Davis on my team because he never plays. So you're going to pay a guy a ton of money, and he's going to be great the 30 games he plays in a season. But as Charles Barkley said, he's street clothes, baby. He never gets on the court. I, I don't know what to make of the Zion situation. I, I really don't. And if I'm the Pelicans, I would get rid of him if the offer's good enough in a heartbeat at this point.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I'll tell you, it's – I think you're overthinking it, dude. He doesn't want to play there. He doesn't – Some reason he doesn't. He wants to be in a big market, be a star, get more endorsement money. I mean, he's already one of the biggest athletes in the world. I think people in the United States know who Zion Williamson is, and I guarantee they know him outside of the United States too. Oh hell yeah, he's crazy. I don't think he wants to play there. I don't know if he's hurt or I don't know if he's hurt or whatnot. But it, it to me, it seems like he's just holding out. It's just a soft holdout.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not him, and I don't, I don't have access to his MRIs, so I can't speak one way or the other. But it seems like to me, even if he was healthy, he wouldn't be playing for this team right now. And maybe he goes to New York, and he thrives with his former college teammates in a market he wants to play in. I, I really don't know. But at this point, it looks like he's done in New Orleans, and that really sucks for them because that's two straight times they've had the number one pick and made a draft pick. Both guys have wanted to leave and held out.
2: So what, what is it about the Pelicans? Like if we can go one cheap. more...
0: They're cheap. That's what it is. They don't want to spend money to make their team better. I mean, I, I hate to be cut and dry about it, but they're a cheap organization in a small basketball market. No one down there cares in Louisiana about basketball. They care about football. That's why other franchises don't succeed. It's That's a, wild. It's a yeah. saint city, and it's an LSU city after that. And everyone else hails in comparison. So they don't care. People don't go to the games. Team doesn't make a lot of money. They're considered a small market team. And uh, they don't spend any money to make their team better. So I, I, I can't necessarily blame Zion, but at the same time, I wouldn't handle things like this. The fact that he didn't call and reach out to CJ McCollum, and I get it. He now since has done that, but when CJ was traded, the fact he didn't pick up that call, that is the head of the players
2: association. You owe him that respect. Yeah. And like he went to, didn't, Oh, I know JJ Redick went to, went to do. Yeah. And,
0: Great point. J.J. Reddick was on his podcast talking about it. And not only are they both Duke guys, not only did they play together on the Pelicans, but they have the same agency, CCA. And J.J. basically said he doesn't want to be there. And J.J. is the one that broke the news that he didn't call or talk to C.J. McCollum when he was traded. I urge everyone, if you're if you're further interested in this, listen to that J.J. Reddick podcast because it's it's interesting. He lays it out. He's like, Zion doesn't want to be there. And I feel like J.J. would know more than anyone else. Um I, never th- I think he'll never play for the Pelicans again.
2: And I think you're right.
0: More on the NBA. Uh, James Harden's going to make his debut for the Sixers Friday uh, in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Really excited to see what happens. Just want to touch on Embiid is the frontrunner for MVP. Everyone thinks he's going to win it. He is the most talented player in the league when things are right. I will stand by that. He's the best player in the league when things are going right. He ranks number one in usage rate right now at 37.2% look for that to fall a good bit with Harden and look for his MVP odds and hopes to fall a little bit with Harden in the lineup too, because he has been amazing, but he's leading the league in usage rate as a big man, which is pretty crazy. And that's not going to keep going.
2: That's dude. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Sixers do. And as a guy that's kind of a little bit anti Philly sports because of the sports fans and for living, living there for four years. I'm excited to see what they can do, man. I'm usually a hater on these, on these Philly teams. Um, But it's going to be exciting, especially with James Harden there. Um, I don't know if I told this story before, but the one game I went to at Wells Fargo, he dropped 50. I want to see him do it every night. I, I wouldn't mind for some of my friends to be happy if the Sixers won. A championship this year it'd be it'd be cool I have to admit it it's gonna be interesting what the dynamic is there well it's gonna be handling the ball the the pick and rolls like you said a few podcasts ago Um, yeah what's what's the strategy Eric so it seems like him and Maxi are getting along really well he's
0: had some really endearing comments about Maxi's work ethic his energy the way that he's brought all of that to practice which is very cool to see Because the best version of Harden is not the version we saw in Brooklyn. The version we saw in Brooklyn is Harden the playmaker, Harden the point guard, Harden the ball mover. The best version of Harden is Harden the scorer. And I think the way our team's set up, he has an opportunity to go back to being almost a pure scorer. It all comes down to how bad does Harden want it? Because when he was in Brooklyn and when he was in Houston, he did not move off the ball. In my opinion, the best player in the league right now is Steph Curry. I know I just said Embiid can be, but consistently it's Steph Curry. Steph plays off the ball and on the ball. He gets off the ball screens, runs around, gets himself open, catch and shoot. He can play on the ball too. Harden doesn't play off the ball because he just stands in the corner. If Doc puts in a system where Harden is getting catch and shoot opportunities or getting looks or getting touches where he's already open because of off the ball movement and Harden buys into that and wants to do it, the sky's the limit. They can win a title. I really believe that. If Harden's going to stand in the corner and then only initiate the offense when he has the ball, I don't know. I don't. I, I like those chances less. So we don't know. It's all speculation now. It's just going to come down to whether or not he wants to buy all the way into a system like that, and Doc wants to run a system like that. So we'll see.
2: Yeah, I. I guess if I was a Sixers fan, you'd like to see Harden. Obviously, uh, what top five, top 10 best players in the league. Um, you'd love to see him come in as a veteran. Does he handle the ball a lot? Or is it, you know, one of the other point guards on the team? I think um, him
0: and Maxie will, will yeah. split ball handling duties. I think Embiid will still get his touches. I would really like to see Doc stagger him and Embiid's minutes um, a little bit so Harden can play with the second unit and they can go five wide as well.
2: That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah they picked up. Like, yeah. They picked up
0: Willie Cauley-Stein, too, uh, off the buyout market. So, nothing special, just a rim-runner guy. He can run pick-and-roll and catch dunks from Harden.
2: I might want to go back on our, on our picks uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. Pick the Sixers to come out of the East. That'd be – like, it was what, like plus 350 or plus 300? Yeah, it
0: was. Okay. It was plus 350.
2: God, and that's something I could root for, too. Fuck. I think I'm going to – ah, Damn. I think, I think I missed the window to play. Football. I already
0: – I got a preseason future on them to win the title, buddy. So I'm, I'm, I do it every year, though. That's not news. That's not like I thought they – were. I pick them every year because on the offset chance they win, and I win a ton of money. It's just like the greatest night of my life. Um, More NBA news. The Knicks have decided to stop Kemba Walker's season – Some people said it was due to injury. I don't believe that for a second. I think it's just because he sucks. And the Knicks were like, hey, retire. And he was like, no, I want to get paid. So by them sitting him the rest of the year. On an exempt list, he won't hit certain quotas of his contract to get paid. It's a non-starter. The only reason I bring it up is because I called this. I said Kemba wouldn't work, and it didn't work because he was done. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. The other and last big point on the NBA I want to make is the Suns' future without Chris Paul. The Suns are the number one team in the Western Conference right now. I believe they're up six games on the Warriors. With Chris Paul this season, Paul's ranks are fifth in win shares at 8.7, seventh in VORP, 10th in minutes played, number two in defensive win shares, fifth in steal percentage. That is the estimated percentage of opponent possessions that end in a steal by this player when he's on the floor. They have no depth behind Chris Paul. It's Cameron Payne and Alfred Payton. And Cameron Payne had some moments in the playoffs that he hit some big shots, but he also has moments where he just like airballs threes that are double contested or turns the ball over. Alfred Payton, we know what he is. He's not good enough to play in the NBA or consistently play in the NBA. Fifth highest win share is at 8.7. He is the highest ranked Suns player. Number two in defensive win shares. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. The Suns ranked third this season in effective field goal percentage and eighth in turnover percentage. All of those numbers are going to slide without Paul because both Peyton and Payne are offensive options off the bench. They don't have a defensive player to come in and fill those roles. They don't have the leader and playmaker to do that either. I mean, Devin Booker does rank seventh in usage rate this season, and he is a capable playmaker. But how much more can he take on to his plate? Like if you're going to make Devin Booker the number two usage rate player over the course of the rest of the season, I don't think that's an effective way to win games with that roster. They have a depth in the front court problem already. Now they have a depth in the backcourt problem. I like Michael Bridges as a wing. He might win most improved player, but like all of these things to me scream that that six game lead is going to evaporate. And, you know, if they're the one seed and have to play the Lakers, maybe they'd rather be the two seed. But if you slide all the way to the three seed, I mean, you could match up with Dallas or Utah or, or Denver in the first round. I don't know, man especially yeah. moving through the West. Like if you get Memphis in the second round and you don't have Chris Paul, that's going to be a tough series, man. And I I'm not sold that the Suns can overcome this.
2: Do you know what Chris Paul's wins above replacement are?
0: Uh, for basketball, they do, they do win shares. Uh, oh, and, no. and Forp is value over replacement player. So it's a pretty similar stat. It's not based on, you know, wins win shares is which he's the fifth highest at 8.7. His vorp is seventh in the entire league though.
2: Basically what I'm saying is I wonder like even even the stuff that doesn't show up in those numbers, like how much more comfortable does he make Devin Booker? Does he make Mikel Bridges? Does he make all the other players on the team? Like now you're asking D book who listen, I, I love Devin Booker. I a huge fan. But now you're asking him to be the guy I mean, he's been in the league for a little bit. Like he he should be able to step into that role. But without Chris, I mean, I don't know how it's gonna go. I, I, don't I think know, I'm, I'm worried. The most important
0: part of all of this is yeah, he's fifth in win shares, but he's second in defensive win shares. More than half of his win share total comes from the defensive end. They're a very good defensive team right now, which is why they're clicking on all cylinders because they're probably the best offensive team in the league, but they also have a top five defense. Without Chris Paul, they do not have a top five defense. And if their defense slides and they have to match up with Golden State or a team like Memphis, and Memphis can actually score on top of the defense they play, they're in trouble. And, you know, this could all be mute. Paul could come back and play hurt. He's done it before. But if he's not 100% and he can't go full throttle, I don't know. Um, The report is that he has sutures in his hand from previous surgery. He's going to get reevaluated in six to eight weeks, which tells me that suture, they're not really sure if it's damaged yet. And they're not going to tell us if it is or it isn't. They probably know by now. If that suture's damaged, he's going to need surgery, which means he's going to have to play hurt. Because if he gets surgery, he's done for the year. And he's not going to do <laughs> that. If the suture's not damaged, he could probably rest it, sit out, and come back and play at a high level. I, I, we just don't know. And I think that uncertainty, I'm out on the Suns because of it.
2: Damn, Dr. Eric coming in hot. Went to Harvard Medical, man. Not a doctor. Sick. <laughs> Speak to your medical provider. Um, yeah, dude. I God. I like the Suns too, man. I'd rather see them over the Warriors. Same. Damn.
0: Well, maybe not over the Warriors. I'm a simp for uh for Clay, Steph, and Draymond, especially Draymond. Yeah, I'm I'm
2: definitely on the other side of that. Yeah, I, I know.
0: Everyone hates Draymond, which is I I have this thing where if I play with them in 2K, I try and take all my shots with Draymond, and then every time I shoot, I just yell the goat because people hate him so much, and it's so fun to troll. It's so fun to troll. Um, But, yeah, that's our NBA roundup for the week. Isn't a ton more going on? want to transition into a new segment we're going to have on the podcast. It's called Take It or Leave It. Essentially, we're going to have two players, and you're going to choose which player you'd want for the next three seasons. This is the NFL QB edition. So, Finney, do you want to get things started off?
2: Don't mind if I do, Eric. We got one of your guys. Got Kirk Cousins versus Ryan Tannehill. Next three seasons, who's getting you? Who's getting you farther? Who do you like? This is the toughest one
0: for me. Because, like, both of these guys, you can make an argument one way or the other. I hate Kirk Cousins, but I'm going to take Kirk Cousins. Um, his EPA per play is higher, and if you go on Next Gen Stats on NFL.com, which you know isn't always a perfect measure of everything, there's, they have a, a chart called a QB grid, which just shows how effective their passer rating is to different parts of the field. I think the most telling part of this metric is the outside deep areas or the outside shallow areas, because it allows you to realize like effective difficult throws where you have to throw hard to a boundary. How did they perform? Cousins has a passer rating over 110 everywhere, pretty much. And Tannehill really struggles throwing to his left and his right deep down the field and to his right and the middle of the field short. So I'll take Cousins. But it's close. Like, I think Tannehill is arguably a better leader. How about you?
2: Eric, you you can talk about all the advanced stats you want. Both these guys are just fucking average, man.
0: Yeah, that's why it's hard. Like, I don't want either of them, if I'm being
2: honest. Dude, that is why it's tough. Like, both these guys fucking suck. Kirk Cousins didn't win a primetime game. Like, has he won a primetime game since he hadn't? Uh,
0: I don't think so, no
2: like dude, the, the oh, guy no no play. he
0: has he's he's won actually like a few in a row now
2: i mean outside of like the last two years he couldn't win a game past four o'clock like what ryan Tannehill, uh you, you know he's had some i guess decent seasons mostly probably aided by uh big derrick henry in the backfield just soaking up all the attention and then he can make a a decent throw here or there. Now, now, granted, I'm talking about quarterbacks. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks in, in the world. So these guys are definitely they – don't, they don't suck, but I'm probably going to have to go with Kirk. It hurts me to say it, but I don't know. Tannehill just fell apart, bro. He scored 16 – he had, like, so many interceptions in that playoff game. Now, this is, like, what have you done for me lately? But both these guys really haven't done shit for anyone lately. <laughs> Dude, why did you pick this one, Eric? This one sucks.
0: Yeah. I hate I, both
2: these guys. I hate them. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, um, God. Yeah. I probably have to go Kirk though.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough one, man. I I'll take Kirk. I don't, like I said, I don't really want either of these guys. Uh, Kirk's average time to throw was 2.76 seconds and Tannehill's was 2.68. So you can't even like say, Oh, well the Vikings offensive line's bad. It, It's a, it's a wash. I don't want either, but I'll take Kirk. Um, Who we got next.
2: Ooh, this one's spicy, dude. Josh Allen versus Patty Mahomes. I have a feeling where you're going, but yeah,
0: I think you're going to go with Josh. I am going to go with Josh Allen, and it's one huge reason. I just think he's a better leader. I think Mahomes has too many question marks right now. I don't know what to say about the Eric Biennemi story that came out that was then removed by a Chiefs blogger who said, him and Mahomes had beef and Mahomes is saying shit in the locker room and then there's the Jackson Mahomes bullshit and everything that comes along with it. Talent-wise, I don't think there's that big of a gap between them. I mean, Mahomes is ranked ahead of him in EPA per play. He was second in the league behind Rodgers, but Allen was fourth and he wasn't that far behind and Allen did have a higher success rate on plays that's counting the playoffs. Um, if you look at their chart breakdown, it's very very similar. They both throw the deep ball extremely well. They both have a lot of weapons on offense. They both had good offensive coordinators and head coaches. I don't know. Um, I'll take Allen. He had less time to throw on average this season. He averaged um, a higher air yards per attempt in completed attempts and attempted attempts. I'll take him. I'll take Allen. Over Mahomes, I know that's a spicy pick. That's also a gut pick. But like, even watching that playoff game, I know Mahomes came back at the end. But Allen willed his team to victory. I don't think you could go wrong with either of these guys. But for the next five seasons, with what Allen can do with his legs as well and what he does as a leader, I'll take Allen.
2: Yeah, dude, I think I'm so brainwashed by the Patrick Mahomes of like two years ago. That was just like the second coming of Brett Favre, but five times better. Um I, like dude, is it even fair to say that he fell off? Like he's still he still didn't incredible. fall off.
0: He he really didn't fall off. Yeah, he had a worse season this year, but like by he how much?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, I dude. mean if if a worse season for him is thirty-seven touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, four thousand eight hundred thirty-nine yards then yeah, that's a, I'll take that. Like he still had more yards than than Allen and he had more touchdowns and less interceptions. So if you're taking Mahomes, I'm not blaming you.
2: Okay, so I look at it though, throwing ability. Yes. Pat Mahomes can do some sidearm, no looks, yes. But then you look at Josh Allen.
0: He can do the same thing.
2: Yeah, he hit Gabriel Davis. Granted, Gabriel Davis was like wide open for like some of those touchdowns in that playoff game, but he's got he's got a he's got an arm. I think that was that was a lot of hype around him coming out of college. He has a good arm, legs. I mean, Josh Allen, he, he's great at running. He's just like a more mobile Big Ben, but Pat Mahomes can also also run. run. Yeah, I feel like Pat is also a good leader, though. Like you said, Josh Allen's a, a leader. He, he's like a, a young Aaron Rodgers where people love to play with him because he's so good. Yeah. And I feel like Josh Allen has that emotional side to him too. This one, it, it's polar opposite of the first matchup we had, but it's still just as hard. And I hate having to pick one of these guys over the other one. Um, I think I'm going to have to go Pat just because I like him more, but mad respect to Josh Allen. Both yeah. really good.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm taking Josh Allen – I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think the, the easy conventional pick is definitely Mahomes. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks to play and he hasn't even played five full seasons yet. So yeah. How about the next one?
2: Damn dude. I know you came up with, Oh, these are so good. Justin Herbert versus Lamar Jackson.
0: This one's <laughs> actually really easy for me. I'm, I'm going to take Herbert. I'm not going to think twice about it. Oh, Lamar my- Jackson can't can throw. throw Lamar Jackson literally can't throw and You can say all this shit about, well, he's a great runner and he's a leader and he is all those things, but he can't throw. And if you force him into a pocket and play your defensive ends flared out so he can't scramble, you might be able to contain the scramble. But in situations where he has to throw the football, he's downright terrible. Herbert was fifth in EPA per play for quarterbacks this year. And Lamar Jackson was 17th. If you look at the throw charts again, they're not the be all end all on the QB grid on next-gen, but Herbert's is far better than Lamar. He has zero red areas, which is a passer rating under uh, 70%. Lamar has three of those, especially downfield. Lamar misses guys in the middle. His mechanics when he runs with the ball are very bad. I have a lot of questions about Lamar, and if he can't stay healthy and he eventually has to turn into a pocket guy, I have a lot of reservations, man. That's all I got to say.
2: Okay, so to give a little background, I'm definitely biased for the Baltimore Ravens. I grew up a little less than an hour outside of Baltimore um, in a town in Pennsylvania. I, I, I grew up around a lot of Ravens fans. My mom's from Baltimore. I love the Ravens. In, do, like, I, I understand why you picked Justin Herbert. I have never seen a quarterback as slippery as Lamar Jackson. Like Patrick Mahomes, Josh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen can run but they can't run like Lamar Jackson. I think he had like the most rushing yards for a quarterback ever a few seasons ago. Um, Off of my eye test. God, Justin Herbert's so good at throwing the ball. Like you said, and that's obviously a massive part about playing quarterback, but I'm going to have to go against you on this one. I like Lamar. I I like his ability to run, but then again, like if we're talking about next three seasons too. Oh, I honestly think I'm flipping the Justin Herbert because Lamar, the running stuff, just prone to injuries. We've seen that with running quarterbacks. If we're talking about next three seasons, who do I got? Justin Herbert. Yeah. Um,
0: And next gen also has an aggressiveness percentage, which is throws downfield. Justin Herbert is at 17.6. He ranks seventh. I don't even see Lamar Jackson on this list. I have to scroll all the way down. He's 23rd. He doesn't push the ball down the field. He's at a 13.4. That is a huge difference. Lamar also, on average, has far more time to throw the ball than Herbert. Like I said, the EPA, the efficiency stats, and the throw chart. Lamar Jackson this season, when targeting receivers 20-plus yards down the field between the numbers, which is in the center of the field, he had a 0.0 passer rating. He just straight up didn't attempt passes into that section of the field. And he really struggles throwing to the middle of the field. He has arm talent. He's definitely one of the most talented guys. He does have an MVP. But for all those reasons, I'm taking Herbert.
2: It makes sense. and like I I worry a lot about injuries and longevity. And I feel like Justin Herbert, just over the next three seasons, I think he's going to get more wins for me. Yeah, and they have
0: the best tackle in the league. So... I mean, as a rookie making second team, all pros pretty fucking crispy. So I, they got a bright future. I'll take Herbert.
2: I like it. I like it. All right. The next matchup. And I'm going to lead this one off. Yeah. Joe Burrow versus Aaron Rodgers. I don't have as many advanced statistics for you, but even as a Packers fan over the next three seasons, I'm going with Joe Burrow. One reason now I am a gambler. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers can really keep it up. Yeah, he just won back-to-back MVPs, but he's due to regress at at some point. But then Joe Burrow just had like an incredible season. So, so Finn w- w- wouldn't he be due to regress as well? Yeah, but I like how young he is. I like the swagger he has. Joe Cool, Joe Sheisty, Joe Burr hitting the gat. Give me Joe Burr. I- I'd rather root for him. Yeah, don't, I'm a Packers fan. I love. I, I-, I- Rodgers is just wild and i love wild but i'm gonna go with joe burrow
0: yeah um i'm gonna have to agree with you i'm also gonna take joe burrow that aggressiveness stat that i just told you about joe burrow is leading the league at 19.2 percent um he had 108.3 rating this year which was second in the nfl but do you know who was first aaron Rodgers. so they're, they're kind of comparable. It's three seasons. I did this intentionally so that Rogers would be in play here. I think it's a lot closer than you think, but the main appeal of Rogers is high completion rate, really effective thrower pushes the ball down the field. Burrow does the exact same thing. He had the highest completion rate in the league this year at 70.4%. Um, if you look at EPA, which is a measure of efficiency, Rodgers was number one in the league by almost a mile for this statistic. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy how much better he was than everyone else. And Burrow's all the way down at ninth. But Burrow also got sacked, the league leading, uh, 51 times. So, Rodgers has a way better O-line. Um, he has way more time to throw the ball. Burrow ranked only ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Tua Tugavailoa, and Tyler Huntley. In time to throw. But what's interesting is Rodgers was right behind him. I think a lot of that is Rodgers gets rid of the ball so fast that it kind of fucks up that metric. But this one's really close. Uh, I want to take Burrow. Rodgers just won an MVP. Mm, I'll take Burrow. I'll take Burrow because of mobility. Yes, Rodgers is mobile, but Burrow does so many things. Uh, I think we might, when we look at this next season and the season after, be wrong on this one but I'll take Burrow.
2: Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, Next three seasons. Who are you taking Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott?
0: Taking Dak. Not really thinking twice about it. I I picked these because they're polar opposite players. Kyler's ultra talented and a horrible leader. And Dak Prescott is mediocrely talented and arguably the best leader as a quarterback in the league. So I'm going to take Dak from a stat perspective. They're both kind of the same Kyler was 15th this season in EPA per play. And Dak was 13th and they're very, very close in that. If you look at their, their player charts, it's, it's pretty much the same. Like Dak doesn't throw the ball downfield super effectively, but he throws the ball in the middle of the field really well. And he throws it deep left better than almost anyone in the NFL. He's 125 passer rating in that scenario. I don't know, man. this is more of a gut feeling because Kyler and Dak, like when you look at these charts and you look at these stats, they're within fractions of points from each other. I just like Dak as a leader. I like him running my offense better. What about you?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you would know this from fantasy. I had Dak um, as my quarterback. He didn't do well this year. Um, that could be like weapons, uh, Pollard and Zeke getting touches and touchdowns. <sighs> I like Kyler though. I, I still do. I know he's kind of a diva liability right now. Hmm. I still believe in his upside though.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think Kyler's a bad pick here. I mean, Dak struggled a lot in big situations this year. He is not a guarantee. I'm gonna take him for the intangibles. I think skill set wise, they're pretty similar. They're way different runners, but you know. I would say Dak would be more prone to injury the way he runs the ball, but Kyler gets hurt all the time. So I guess I'm on Dak. You're on Kyler. Yes, sir. Uh,
2: We got Russell Wilson versus Matt Stafford. Um, If I can lead off here. Yes, please. God, I think Russ is over the hump. Just going from gut. I know you got the stats to back it up. I think Russ is over the hump. I was a little bit of a Matt Stafford hater. Um, when he was on the Lions. But then again, he was on the Lions. He just won a Super Bowl when he went to, like, a decent team. So this one might be the most straightforward that I've seen. Matt Stafford.
0: Yeah, this one's tough for me, man. Because, <sighs> yeah, I, uh, I haven't even decided on this yet. They both have pretty shitty pass protection. Russ is, I mean Russ has 2.8 seconds to throw and Stafford has 2.8 seconds to throw. Their completed air yards 6.5 for Russ, 6.7 for Stafford. Their intended air yards 9.9 for Russ, 8.5 for Stafford. They're neither very aggressive quarterbacks. The main separation is how efficient they are, EPA per play ranked Stafford 3rd and it ranked Russ 19th this season. If Russ isn't using his legs, I lean more towards Stafford, but it's really hard, hard to evaluate because, like, if you asked me this last year when Stafford was in Detroit, I would have said Russ easily. But Stafford's in a better situation in L.A. now, and Russ is up in the air. If Russ is going to stay in Seattle, then I'd take Stafford. It's really tough. Um, I'm going to take Russ. I'm going to take Russ in this for three seasons. I know that's kind of shocking, but... We've seen well, Russ be essentially an MVP caliber quarterback the last four years before this one. And I think if he gets into the right situation, he stays healthy. He's going to be that again.
2: Yeah. He did get screwed. Cause he like hurt his finger. Yeah. I and
0: I mean, he didn't play well regardless, but he did come on a little better at the end of the season. I don't know what's going on in Seattle with their offense. Yeah, Stafford just won a Super Bowl and was pretty excellent, but he was also on a really, really good team. And if you're asking me who I'd rather have starting a new team as my quarterback, which isn't the exercise, but I would, I would take Russ. And if Russ ends up in a situation like Denver or even Philly, I think he can succeed. Uh, I'll take Russ the next three years over Stafford. And I love Stafford, so that's that's
2: tough. wild, dude. That's really wild. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess pure talent wise. Russ, like, might have an edge, but Stafford, when he was on the Lions, yeah, they were down a lot, but he was still throwing for a bunch of yards. He's tough. He was – yeah, he made the most he, – he did the best he could out of nothing, you know? Um, I, I mean, I,
0: Stafford, statistically, this season blew him out of the water and you, definitely you don't was think playing Russ, better.
2: You don't think Russ is over the hump at all? You don't think he's on the back nine? Like, I, I guess both of these no. guys aren't young. But- I don't
0: think so I listen if for him running around yes he's not going to be running around and scrambling to the same point but Russ is really good in the pocket I think he throws the best deep ball in the league Stafford also throws a good deep ball again this is a really really tough one I didn't know who I was going to pick going in my gut just tells me Russ like I, I think he's going to bounce back and be great again and Stafford is also great but he won his Super Bowl how driven is he going to be What's he going to look like when they come back? What are the Rams going to look like the next three years if their guys start aging and people start leaving? I, I don't know. I think I'm going to take Russ.
2: I respect it. Can't hate you for that. Can't hate you for that. Um, this one sucks, dude. This next matchup, Jalen yeah. Hurts versus Baker Mayfield.
0: No doubter for me, it's Baker. No, doubt, no doubt. Not even close. It's not even close. Jalen hurts was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year.
2: Please defend Baker Mayfield. I need, Oh, okay. It's more 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 Jalen hurts. Like I I
0: truly believe that Daniel Jones, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Justin Fields. They're the only quarterbacks last season that were worse than Jalen hurts. No quarterback had more time to throw on average than Jalen hurts last year. He had 3.12 seconds. The next quarterback was Jameis Winston at three seconds. You might think, oh, 12 tenths of a second, or sorry, hundredths of a second, whatever it is, isn't that much. Yeah, it is that much more if you were looking at this chart. Most people are separated by like two tenths of a second. Jalen Hurts had the most time in the league. He had the number one graded offensive line. He had some weapons that were pretty solid. And he sucked absolute balls. He was the worst quarterback I think I've ever watched throwing the football. If you look at his passing chart, that I was referring to from from next gen, he cannot throw the ball to the middle of the field. It, it's absolutely absurd. So they do it by comparing against league average. The league average on throws twenty yards or more to the left hash is seventy eight point seven passer rating. Hertz had a forty two point seven. On the right hash at the same distance twenty plus, the league average was seventy eight point five. Hertz had a fifty nine point two. All of his outside throws are terrible all of his middle of the field throws are fine. A lot of them are actually above league, above league average, but those aren't hard throws. Those are coverage beaters. Those are plays that are designed to beat it. Those are scrambling around, throwing back to the middle type of play. If he has to sit in the pocket and diagnose, his footwork's terrible. His passing mechanics are terrible. And I, I don't believe in Baker fully, but I think a lot of Baker's mechanical issues and bad throws and decisions this year had to do with his injury. And yes, I don't think Baker's a top, A 10 quarterback in the league i also don't think he's a bottom 10 quarterback in the league i think he falls somewhere in the middle and cleveland can win games with him philly made the playoffs with jalen hurts this year but that was all their schedule and the division they played in i do not think they can win games with jalen hurts i don't think jalen hurts is a starting caliber quarterback in the nfl i think baker mayfield's a fringe starter and i would take it oh
2: god um I was in the camp, uh, Hertz over Tua when they were at Bama. So I have, an I guess, a feeling towards Jalen Hurts. I was rooting for him all year. Baker's kind of dog shit, though. Like you see, Odell left, and it wasn't it Baker's fault the whole time. He's yeah, kind of injured. I feel like at this point, Baker's going into the fifth year of his rookie deal. I think you kind of know what you get with Baker. So over the next three years, I think I'd rather roll the dice with Jalen since this was his first year as a starter, I believe. So I'd rather roll the dice with Jalen over the next three years, in my opinion, than Baker. Just because I I have like a past feeling towards him. Um, I think he can grow more. Is his ceiling, though, like Baker Mayfield? That's kind of what I'm battling with in my head. Yeah,
0: I mean, listen, Hertz's main argument and Hurts' fans' main argument is, yes, he's a good runner. He's a way better runner than Baker. As a passer, you'd say Baker had a very bad season this year, right? Yes. He threw for 100 less yards. He threw one more touchdown and two more interceptions than Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, you would say, probably had a pretty good season this year for his expectation. Um... Throws 20 yards down the field or more. Baker Mayfield attempted 42. Jalen Hurts attempted 24. Passes 40 yards down the field or more. Baker Mayfield only attempted nine. Jalen Hurts only attempted three. Like Jalen Hurts cannot throw the ball at all. Baker was sacked 43 times. Hurts was only sacked 26 times all season. Like J.J. Watt almost had more sacks than the Eagles allowed i he's got the best o-line in the league he's got all these comparable weapons to what baker has minus chubb and hunt but the receivers are you got smith on the outside goddard's a fine tight end he had hurts when the season started i don't know man i i think it's tough because i don't like baker either but i i think i dislike jalen hurts as an option so much that i would take baker And if this is the next three years, I don't think Hurts is going to start a game next year. The the Eagles might get Russ. They might get Watson. There's a chance Jalen Hurts is a backup next year. I I, I don't think that's an option for Baker. I think he's starting no matter what for Cleveland. So we'll see.
2: I feel that. Understandable. Understandable. All right. Best for last. We got uh, Justin Fields versus Davis Mills please tell me why it's not justin fields
0: it's easily davis mills
2: oh um, my god bro.
0: and what? <laughs> justin fields epa per play which measures efficiency there were three quarterbacks who had a negative epa per play in the league last year sam darnold justin fields zach wilson zach wilson was like above and beyond the worst but fields was ranked 30th davis mills wasn't much better he ranked 27th but I I saw some things from Davis Mills while he was playing that suggested he might be a starter. I don't think either of these guys are starters in the NFL going forward, but even just counting stats, I kind of like what Davis Mills did. I I just really didn't think he was that bad. I don't, I don't know how you feel. I'm interested to get your take.
2: So uh, admittedly, I didn't watch a lot of Texans games. it it just sucks for me to pick Davis Mills because he was on like one of the worst teams all year. And Um, just for
0: reference, he threw for 2,664 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 picks, 88.8 quarterback rating. That's not bad. He had some games where he looked pretty good for them.
2: Yeah. I mean, they somehow fought back in, in, in some of those games, too. Um, dude, I don't – this is – I'm honestly going to make the case for Justin Fields. Like, as an NFC North, Bay Packer fan, does he – worry? he doesn't worry you at all?
0: Not even slightly. I, I understand the argument that Nagy was running a system that did not fit his skill set, and he was behind probably the worst O-line in the league. Seven touchdowns, 10 picks. I watched him play. He makes some throws where he just chucks it up into double coverage, where he's like, oh, my receiver might go get that. If not, it's a pick, whatever. We're not moving the ball anyway. I really, that's something he could grow out of for sure. But I don't know. I think Mills has more arm talent. I mean, Mills was one of the top recruits coming out of high school. He didn't play super well at Stanford, but he was like not good this year, but he was okay enough. Or I think you can make a case that like the Texans might want to see what they have in him. The bears are tied to see what they have in fields, but I was not impressed at all with him this season.
2: Yeah. Dude, we're, I think we're like, he was a rookie. I think you need to give him a little bit of time. Um, his legs. I know I just talked about Lamar and that being a liability as a running quarterback. I, I feel like I believe in his versatility there. Um, I don't really get full like Colin Kaepernick running vibes from him, but. I, I think that's a weapon that he can utilize. Um, I think he's only gonna get better. I would go Justin Fields over the next three years. I I picked a Vikings and a Bears quarterback in, in all of these matchups. Yeah. So it's tough. it's tough for me, but I like I really haven't watched a lot of Davis Mills. I don't know. Davis Mills doesn't really sound like a quarterback name either, if I'm gonna go off like sabermetrics metrics here. So yeah, I gotta go Justin Fields, but that was tough, man. That was good.
0: Yeah. So just to recap, Kirk Cousins, Tannehill, we, we both were on Kirk. Josh Allen, Mahomes, I'm on Josh Allen, you're on Mahomes. Herbert and Lamar, I'm on Herbert, you're on Lamar. Is that correct?
2: I think I ended up flipping back to Herbert, though, okay. for the next few years. Yeah, because I was worried about Lamar's, you know, injury-prone.
0: Cool. So we're both on, on Herbert on that. Burrow and Rodgers, we both were on Burrow. Kyler and Dak, we were split. You took da- uh, you took Kyler, I took Dak. Russ and Stafford, we were split. I took Russ, you took Stafford. Hertz and Mayfield. Where did we end up landing on that?
2: I took Jalen.
0: Yeah, so you took Jalen, and I took Baker. And then Fields and Mills, we were split again. You took Fields, and I took Mills. I think that's a pretty good start for take it or leave it.
2: Yeah, we definitely, we agreed on some of them, but we definitely, definitely were split. Um, that was fun.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll come back and check around next year, same time, see where we're at. And uh, at the end of the three seasons, I'll make sure that we clarify uh, where our positions are and how do we stand and who succeeded and who failed.
2: I love it. So what, uh, what position do you think we'll do next?
0: I don't even know if it'll be NFL. We'll see. We, we could do some NBA with some up-and-coming guys, some established stars. We can kind of go across all sports. Um, you do with coaches. I don't know. I'm going to have to cook something up. But uh, I think we had some really interesting uh, comparisons here. I, the Herbert Lamar one and the Burrow Rogers one, I'm really intrigued to see how that plays out.
2: Yeah, brain blast too. Nice little slow summer. Take it or leave it. Food edition.
0: Yeah, we could hit on right. foods. We could hit on I stadiums.
2: Like... Ooh, stop, bro! That, oh, that's, this is gonna be good. Yeah, this is gonna. Be, this is a great segment. I love it.
0: Heck yeah! Look forward to keeping it going. Speaking of great segments, it's time to transition to Finny's Betting Corner.
2: Cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. We to cash it. out. Y'all yeah, ready to baby. cash out this weekend? Let's go.
0: We recapped it on Tuesday. We had a great weekend last weekend. I am very hyped for this weekend. There's a lot of college basketball. NBA is back. It's a full slate. Who do you like, Finn? You got any picks?
2: So I am. I'm gonna ride my hot hand with uh, some college basketball picks. Hell yeah! This week, um, if if you look at the Saturday slate of games, dude. I mean, I mean, there's like three games left for every team this season. Um, if not less. Like, there are so many games on Saturday. It's wild. I'm, look, I'm looking at it on ESPN a lot on ES, on the ESPN uh, platform. Um, I'm going to go with <clears throat> my first game is at 4 o'clock. We have the number three Auburn Tigers at the Tennessee Volunteers. I picked against Auburn last week. I'm picking. I'm picking Auburn this week. The ESPN matchup predictor has Tennessee winning seventy-two point four percent of the time. They're giving Auburn a twenty-seven point six percent chance of winning. I mean, I just I feel like I, I got to disagree with that personally. I,
0: I love this pick. I, I actually thought of adding this to mine. I think Auburn's going to bounce back here.
2: Yeah, they did beat. Um, Ole Miss yesterday or two days ago on, uh, Wednesday. Um, so they did bounce back from Florida, but you know, this is a big sec game. Tennessee's ranked 17 Auburn's ranked three, you know, only a few games left on the schedule. Both teams really need to play hard for seeding. Uh, both teams are in the tournament. So this is really just a, a, a seeding game. How are they going to feel going into the conference tournaments? Um, like if ESPN is really giving Tennessee, a, I mean, I guess they are at home, but if Auburn's getting any plus points, obviously go for it. If they're getting plus points, put it down on the money line. Um, I'm going to Auburn here. What do you think? I like it.
0: No, no, I like it. I'm a, I'm a ride with you. I like Auburn there.
2: Yeah. And just to give you some, some team stats, Auburn, um, 80 points per game averaging Tennessee's right there at 74 points per game. Um Auburn's a little worse with points allowed at 67. Um, Tennessee's at 63. Field goal percentage is basically split. Rebounds, Auburn averages 40, Tennessee averages 38. Like, this is going to be a phenomenal game at four o'clock on ESPN. Um, on Saturday. God, this it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. I'm gonna give the nod to Auburn just because I think. Being that team, they, they just lost to an inferior Florida team. They need to flex their muscles a little bit. I'm gonna go with Auburn. I like That's that. my that's my first game. And I'm sticking with the with the ranked games. Next game, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. on ESPN. We got the number five Kansas Jayhawks at number 10 Baylor Bears. Did you look at this game at all, Eric?
0: Oh, I was I was looking at this game. I'm
2: very interested to see where you go here. This is going to be really suspect, but I'm picking <laughs> the road team that is once again not projected to win. I'm not just looking at the numbers, okay? I'm not looking at the, num- at the five next to Kansas versus the 10 against Baylor. Oh, God. I'm, I'm a little scared, and that's why I like it. Who did you say the road team was? You're taking – Kansas,
0: Kansas over Baylor. Yeah. I'm, I'm also taking Kansas over Baylor. I Baylor is a team uh, this season that I think is overachieved. I think they're pretty good, but I think Kansas is the best team in the big 12 and they're going to prove that. And this is a huge game for the big 12 championship and who gets the one seed headed into the tournament. So I'm going to take Kansas. They seem to win the big 12 regular season literally every year. Um, So I, I think they get it done here at Baylor.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting that it looks like the ESPN matchup predictor just like loves home teams. They just give like a big premium to them. If I was the bookmaker, I would probably have Kansas. Like, what do you think? Minus two, minus three. I I wouldn't have Baylor favored.
0: I, I would assume this is Kansas minus one and a half because Baylor's going to get a point for being at home, and yeah. I would assume it's almost a pick'em line. Um, yeah. Just because Baylor's been really good this year, too, and they've been really good at home. I I also like Kansas in this game, though. I think Kansas is really starting to figure things out.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, Kansas is Kansas. Like, I I wouldn't say they're underrated, but they really, like, they've been in the discussion, but I feel like Gonzaga's, the Dukes. um, Kentucky. Kentucky. Like, those teams are just getting more shine, and this Kansas team, they're the number five-ranked team in the country. I think – I don't know if the boys think we're not getting enough shine, but, again, like these games that are – like only a few games left on the schedule, they probably – they want a number one seed. and I mean, they're in the vying for it, possibly. So, yeah, I got to go Kansas. It's it's not – I don't think it's an easy pick, but uh, I definitely feel a little uncomfortable about it, but that's why I like it. Um, And then let's hop to my third game. It's going – on FS1 um, on Saturday, it's Providence uh, hosting Creighton. Um, I, this is like, I, I'm going Providence right now. They're the 11th ranked team in the country, uh, 23 and 3, 13 and 2 in their conference. Creighton is 19 and 8, 11 and 5 in their conference. Um, Providence needs to win this game to hold off Villanova to win the Big East. I think Providence really, the boys really want to win the Big East. Um, they're gonna come out, they're they're gonna fight. I don't know what the spread's gonna be. <sighs> I would say maybe like I think it'll be closer than
0: people think because Creighton's also in a spot where they have to they had, they need a signature win to make the tournament. They're probably in. They're probably safe at like you know, a ten, a nine seed, but they they might need a win here to get in. so
2: yeah, and and i I totally understand that. Creighton it, it's gonna be tough, but I think Providence at home. Against it's going to be all these games that I picked are going to be absolutely phenomenal. So if you tell me, like you're not going to be disappointed either way. Yeah, you'll be disappointed if you lose some money, but the games are going to be great. I'm going to go Providence here. And to be honest with you, Eric, knock on wood, I think I'm going to do it again. I'm going three and oh this weekend, and that's going to be six and oh to for, for my first two weeks doing this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really confident. I'm going to you know, stay
0: away yeah. from the Providence game. Um, I looked okay. at that. I, If I had to pick someone, I'd lean Creighton just because I'm suspect on Providence this year just because they play in the Big East. I don't think the Big East is a good conference. Like Villanova just lost to UConn. I don't think Villanova is that good. I don't really know who Providence has played to prove themselves. But I'm going to stay away from that game. I'm not picking it. Do not take that as a pick. I have no idea what to do in that game. Um, I'll get into my picks then if that's your three.
2: Those are my three, three, and oh. book it.
0: Hell yeah. I am going to start off with a little NBA. I'm going to take the Hawks over the Raptors on Saturday. Um, Again, no line for that yet. I'm assuming it's going to be pretty close in points. It's in Toronto. So the Raptors will be favored. The Hawks will be an underdog. I think the Hawks are going to storm out of the gates in the second half here. They play the Raptors, they play the Celtics, and then they do not play a team over 500 the next seven games. I think they're going to get hot. I think it starts here. So I'm going to take the Hawks over the Raptors at 730 on Saturday night. Going to transition into some college basketball. Uh, Big upset of the week for me. I'm going to take Michigan State over Purdue on Saturday at 12. You might call me crazy because Purdue's ranked fourth at the moment. But Michigan State played Illinois last Saturday, and I watched a lot of this game. Illinois was kicking their ass in the first half and second half. Then Michigan State came all the way back. And in that short time, it felt like Michigan State figured something out. They've been on a huge slide the last month. They went from number one in the Big 10 all the way down to not ranked now. I think they're gonna go into Purdue. This feels like a perfect Purdue letdown spot. Michigan State's gonna be huge underdogs. Purdue is a scrappy big team. Yes, they have some skill guys, but they really thrive on banging in their size, which is exactly how Tom Izzo wants his boys to play. And I'm going to take Michigan State. This feels like a spot where they go in and get a huge win at Purdue and solidify their tournament seating uh,
2: somewhere along the 5-6 line. I'm seeing it's at Michigan. At Michigan Michigan State?
0: I could be wrong then. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is.
2: Does that that change? No, it actually just helps.
0: It just helps. Like I'll that, that, that makes it even harder. I mean, that's a really tough place to go in and play Purdue's good. I mean, they're a really good team this year and Michigan state, like I said, they've struggled their last few games.
2: Yeah. They're, they, they're one in four.
0: Yes. They lost to Iowa by 26. The other night, they lost to Illinois by five at home. They lost to Penn state by three on the road. Shout out the Nittany lions. Uh, they, they, That's they beat tough. Indiana and they lost to Wisconsin by eight. They got blown out by Rutgers. They're on a major slide. I feel like it ends here. This is Michigan state's time of year. They always do this. They always lose a bunch of games they shouldn't and then turn it around and just go nuclear headed into the tournament. And I think it starts here. I mean, I think they're going to beat Purdue. And then I think they're going to blow Michigan out because they're missing guys and a coach. They get Ohio state. That's a big rivalry game. They end the season with Maryland. Like, I feel like Izzo's going to get the boys going. They're going to have some juice. It's an unconventional pick,
2: but I like Michigan State over Purdue. I mean, this is a Hungry Dogs run faster game if I've ever seen one. Michigan State needs this W. They need it. I mean. They need it bad. They need it really bad. You you can't end the Dude, they're one and four in their last five, and we're in February. They lost by over 20 to
0: Rutgers. Like, they need this game.
2: Holy shit, dude. That's so, that's so bad. Yeah,
0: I mean. But again, I've been watching them. It looked, and yeah, in between the time that they came back against Illinois, they lost by 26 to Iowa, which was kind of a head scratcher. But I I think they might have figured something out in that pressure situation against Illinois. They're scrappy. Purdue's a good matchup for them, I feel like. And uh, I don't know. I I like them over Purdue. I got another upset for you, though. I'm going to take Oregon over USC on Saturday as well. That's a 10 point game. I like it. Oregon's already beaten them once this year. Oregon shoots the three very, very well. I I don't know. This feels like a spot where Oregon just gets a win. They've already beaten this team once. Oregon needs this. If they win this game, USC's ranked 16th. Oregon is unranked. They're going to jump back into the rankings. They're a fringe tournament team right now. Um, But I don't know. I don't know what you think. I, I kind of like Oregon against USC almost like
2: a lot. Yeah. When, when I listen to people talk about college basketball, uh, just doing research and stuff like that, Oregon was a team that a lot of people were, I don't want to say high on, but like, they're definitely underperforming what, what the people I listened to thought they could be. Yeah. And USC 16th ranked team in the country, 23 and four. It just—they don't have uh, a lot of quality wins. It doesn't feel—it doesn't feel right, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Um, they. So we'll figure out about Oregon tonight. They play UCLA tonight at home. Um, I almost feel worse if they win that game, but whatever. They played Arizona last Saturday. They only lost by three, and Arizona is really good. And I watched that game. That was a really good game. Oregon fought really hard. They have some head scratching losses. They lost by twenty four to Arizona State. A week ago over a week ago now they lost to cal at home but other than that like they lost by four to colorado colorado's all right i i like oregon man i i just think they're gonna beat usc i i'm i'm very questionable on how i feel about usc and i think we're gonna figure out a lot about oregon tonight at 9 30
2: when they take on ucla yeah you would probably rather have them i don't know you, you wouldn't want them to lose Cause then the boys might be real deflated, but if they win, they might be riding high. But again, this is like, a, this is a hungry dog. They they need this win to elevate their resume when it comes time for selection Sunday and damn. Yeah. Talk. But, but I, I would go Oregon, Oregon as well. I, 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 I would lean Oregon, um, respect for taking that pick. Um, they're pretty even across the board when you look at statistics. Yeah. No, um, these
0: teams are very similar too. They, 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 they are...
2: literally have the exact same shooting percentage. Yeah. No,
0: they, they, are, they are both. They play similarly as well. Um, Oregon's at home, and that's a tough place to go in and win. You got a weird court. It's a weird court game. Love it. Uh, last pick of the weekend. This is my like, safe pick because I picked two upsets. Alabama over South Carolina. I think it's a no-brainer think Alabama's gonna win pretty easily
2: what time is that game at
0: Uh, I will tell you it is at 6 p.m on Saturday
2: let me pull up that game um so Alabama's
0: last few games they beat Vanderbilt by two the other night they clearly lost to Kentucky last weekend we both took Kentucky but outside of that Kentucky loss they've won one two three four five, six out of their last ten, six out of their last nine games, but two of those losses are to Kentucky and another loss is to Auburn. So like it, those are, those are tough games. They did lose a game to Georgia. That's kind of a head scratcher. But other than that, Alabama's good. I watched them play Kentucky. I was really impressed. South Carolina's scrappy, but I don't think they're going to put up much of a fight.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, South Carolina is on beat Georgia, beat Ole Miss. Um, <laughs> like they have beat LSU, beat Mississippi State. Like, I don't know. Those games aren't incredible. Uh, the teams they're playing aren't really that great. They're 17 and 10. Haven't
0: beaten a ranked team all season.
2: Oh, It's tough. It's tough. They're not putting up as many points as Alabama.
0: They haven't beaten a ranked team all season. The game's in Alabama. I Eric- think this one's a
2: no brainer. <sighs> Yeah, you, you, you know I'd love to go against you on this one, but I, th- I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I, I think I have to go. I, I'd have to lean Bam as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Temple tournament update. They're playing Memphis right now. They're down 14. That's probably the <laughs> nail in the coffin. So just wanted, for all our Temple fans out there listening, I know Durham was taking Temple plus 11 and a half tonight. Uh, games in Memphis. Temple's down 14. It is not looking good. And they're not going to make they, – they were a fringe tournament team. They're 15 and 9. That is done because Temple has a bunch of games left because their Villanova game was postponed. So they still have to play Nova unless that game was just outright canceled. Um, Temple's had one, two, three, four, five games postponed this year. Dear God.
2: They're afraid of us, bro. What what are teams doing?
0: I don't actually – I'm kind of glad they're not playing
2: Villanova (laughs) because I can't watch them lose again. Oh, That's just – that's tough. Well, I mean, I mean, they're definitely going to win out in the American Conference, so um, it'll be okay. They'll make it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding, but I, I really like my three picks this this uh, this Saturday. Uh, it sounds like you you like your picks as well. So
0: I like them. I tried to go balls to the wall because we picked an upset last week, and like we had some pretty crispy picks. Uh, I like your picks for guarantees way better. I like all of those. There were games I was looking at where like, that was probably the team I was going to take. So just to recap, you got Auburn over Tennessee, Kansas over Baylor, Providence over Creighton all on Saturday. I have Hawks over the Raptors, Michigan state over Purdue, Oregon over USC and Alabama over South Carolina. Also all on Saturday. So we'll let you know for sure how we did on Tuesday. Hopefully we're coming to you with great news. Uh, can the boys go seven and zero this weekend? I don't know. That seems kind of tough, but. I mean, we didn't have any overlaps. So you could in theory put a seven leg parlay in for all of these and have a hell of a Saturday if you hit it.
2: I mean I've hit some 18 parlays before, so um definitely possible. Definitely possible. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Boop, boop. Well,
0: shit dog. I think that's all I have.
2: Yeah. Uh great episode today uh give you guys a billions update i think i'm on season two episode 11 god damn that show is so good man oh i love it
0: hell yeah hell yeah finney's binging billions i watched all of peacemaker on hbo max john cena uh dc anti-hero check it out it's super fun james gunn who did guardians of the galaxy made it and uh
2: it's a super different fun superhero show interesting interesting well um definitely check out billions man it it is the uh, as a finance guy because that's what that was one of my majors like oh god damn does it get me horny it just fires me up hell yeah
0: speaking of film as well we're gonna be dropping a new good soup podcast today on friday as well with matt myself, Dan, and Allie. We're doing a double feature of Persona and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It is a fire cry from G-Force and uh, Team America World Police last week. So check it out. It's, uh, it's really in-depth, and we, we really dive into the history of cinema and, and how important these films are. So
2: super cool. Where can they follow you at, Eric?
0: You can follow us at blog on Instagram. You can go to www.goodsoup.blog and check out the website. All articles that we've written, all podcasts are posted there with the Spotify link. You can check us out on Spotify or Apple podcast by searching the victory formation podcast. And you can check out our socials, which are tagged to
2: the good soup blog page as well. Love it. Love it. Great work. Great work, guys. Made it through the end of another week. Give yourselves a hand of a round of applause. March Madness is right around the corner. NBA right after the all-star break. It's heating up. Gonna have a lot of good episodes coming up. I'm really excited. God, it's gonna be so fun.
0: Guys, we got a hell of a month coming up in March. Can't wait. Uh, we'll see you all on Tuesday. Stay stay safe. Have a great weekend and wish us luck on the betting corner.
2: Absolutely. I I'll be honest, I don't think I need it, but. Just get a little cocky, yeah. Hell yeah, we got to keep it rolling. Yeah. We're hot, brother. Oh, we're cooking with kerosene right now, and this is this is just the time of the year to get hot. Hell Let's go, yeah. Let's go. We'll see you guys Tuesday. Peace out. Peace.
1: I keep that thing on me god damn it bobby they see me selling propane and now they tryna to copy pretend to be broke but i got hella cash if you use charcoal i'ma kick your ass made this money from propane bitch i feel like pablo escobar but i don't sell cocaine bitch shot that fella cuz he didn't make his payments fuck with me i keep a rocket launcher in my basement Made this money from propane, bitch I feel like Pablo Escobar, but I don't sell cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement That's my purse, I don't know you If you running up, then I pull out this 32 Bitch, he's big, Bobby spitting heat in the stew I got rats on rats, and you ain't got a clue God damn it Bobby Shut the fuck up When I'm, I'm on the block bitch I fucking shit Oh man god damn it Bitch I'm pulling out, painting clouds on my walls Better go kick my dad Whoa. in the balls Made this money from propane bitch I feel like Pablo Escobar but I don't sell cocaine bitch Shot that fella cuz he didn't make his payments Fuck with me I keep a rocket launcher in my basement Made this money from propane, bitch I feel like Pablo Escobar But I don't suck cocaine, bitch Shot that fella cause he didn't make his payments Fuck with me, I keep a rocket launcher in my basement Oh man, goddamn Bobby, I know you were capping the whole time, boy. I know you get no bitches and no hoes and no paper, no bands, boy. All you do is sit in the fucking basement all day and play World of Warcraft with your bitch ass, jerking off to hentai all day with your ugly ass, man. Bobby, you need to go get a fucking job or something, man. I'm about to kick you out of the house.